these are. <laughs> no fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Before we get into this episode of Talk Back with Chuck Wilder, in which I get into the rights ineptitude when it comes to messaging and conveying a cohesive and coherent narrative, I'd like to take issue with a podcast I heard from the Fox News Podcast Network in which they talked to someone from the University of Virginia about the Electoral College. Nowhere in that interview was it stated that the Electoral College that its primary purpose is to protect the middle country from the urban areas when it comes to being overrun by a purely democratic election. When we vote for president, we vote for electors. Those electors are determined by the census. If we were a pure democracy, where we went with a national vote total, People in rural areas would never have their voice heard. Politicians would only campaign in urban areas because it would be cost-effective in gleaning the most votes. So you would see blue cities owning the United States government forever. Politicians would only campaign in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Boston. I hope you're starting to get my drift. These are all blue cities filled with blue voters. I'm not saying there's not any Republicans in these locations, but they never win because they're not the majority of the voters. So if you've got politicians that are only catering to the urban areas, you get a woke nation 24-7, 365 for the rest of time. The Electoral College protects the electorate from that. It gives a voice to the states that don't have New York Cities and Chicago's and Philadelphia's. It balances our election system out. The Electoral College protects the rights of the minority. The fact that somebody who was brought on to a Fox podcast to talk about what the purpose is of the Electoral College and that was never broached? The only thing I got out of that podcast was that the Electoral College was an antiquated system, but we're stuck with it. A more uneducated take on the Electoral College I have never heard. And as the left tries to move our country to say, hey, for president of the United States, we should have a national vote and and the majority should win. That's mob rule. And that gives the overwhelming advantage to urban areas only. Do you want Lori Lightfoot to be the main influence in who's the president of the United States? Do you want Los Angeles' mayor to have uh, an overweighted representation in who is our president of the United States? Imagine Bill de Blasio having more to say about it than you do. It is beyond time that we understand the mechanics of the civics entailed in our form of government. We must get this education back into the schools. 
it's obvious that when someone working at a major university is brought on to a major news podcast network, and they never mention that it protects the rights of the minority, that we are in deep trouble when it comes to people who are espousing what things are and what things aren't. We need to get educated on this because if the Electoral College goes, the country's finished. It's over. It's a very important thing to have to address, and we all need to be curious about why people in university positions don't understand that the number one important aspect of the Electoral College is to protect the rights of the minority. That's what America is all about. Now, talk back with Chuck Wilder. Like to welcome my guest right now, Mr. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, heard everywhere podcaster heard. His website is undergroundusa.com. Mr. Savato, welcome. How are you, sir? Mr. Wilder. Yes. Been just a little while here, except for maybe a few repeats that we ran uh, due to the holidays and things like that. Welcome back, sir. And uh, history made. Yes, U.S. Representative Kevin McCarthy, Republican California, the new Speaker of the House, after 15 votes. And that's the first time that's happened in, you say, a 100 years. And then only having to go through a whole bunch of whatever, whatever, I'll tell you. Um, but at least. The old lady is gone. That's that's that would probably be my my bottom. Did she leave? Yes. Did she slam the door? Probably. That and much more. Hey, I got to ask you before we really get into the guts of this. Let me see if I can find the the guy's name here. Da, 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 da. You know the 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 person that uh, was doing all the talking and the one from oh that, Matt Matt Gates. Yeah. Okay. And it's not Jeffries, right? No, Hakeem Jeffries is the uh, is the the minor, now minority leader of the Democrat Party in the House. Uh, he's got his caucus under control. They're all two hundred and twelve voted for him every single time. Ah. It was the Republicans that were that were fractionalized uh, up until a plethora of concessions from McCarthy. Uh, I, w- I want to predicate everything on the concessions that were that were made. The demands that were made weren't necessarily bad demands. Uh, the one big sticking point, uh, one was the was the vacating the chair. That point was only put into place where you couldn't call for the vacating of the chair during Nancy oh. Pelosi's regime. Oh. So this was something that actually existed before the Pelosi speakership. And if you are a transparent and accountable political party you shouldn't be scared about that All right. you know so so i'm not saying that that what was being demanded uh of mccarthy the concessions that were being demanded weren't good things but they needed to go about extracting those points much differently because all they did was was telegraph weakness and um incongruence and that they were factionalized. And that's something you can use going forward in the next Congress to, you know, now the, the left knows where the fault lines are. Hmm. And all they have to do is apply a little pressure, and they can start pulling people off. And when you've got a, a 
closely divided Congress or Houses such as we do have, all you need to do is pull five people. Mm-hmm. That's you true. Know, so, you see, so you you never ever. And I think ever I know of one of the groups has a one of the parties has a group called Rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there are some big horned creatures on the right yeah, side of the right. aisle that we, we could we could certainly use without get, use getting rid of. Um, that said, you wanted to be a Big Ten party. This is what a Big Ten party looks like. If, if everybody isn't on board with the principles mm-hmm. behind the policy and and what the charter is for the party this is what we stand for if everybody's not on board with that you have a dysfunctional big tent party that's pulled in, in 18 different directions unless you've got a totalitarian leader like nancy pelosi was on the left side of the aisle she she ruled with an iron fist so yeah, no one yeah. dared vote against what she wanted to push on the floor and the only time you saw a a no vote coming from a Democrat was when, on an issue that she wanted, was when there was so wide a margin of victory that she could afford to let people vote no so it looked good to their constituents. Ah, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Like We're not going to see that on the right side of the aisle. Yeah. That's, that's not the way Republicans do things. So it's going to be very, very important uh, that the whip and and McCarthy's office, the speaker's office, they need to communicate with their rank and file members about the base core principles that move the policy. And and this is what the piece is that I have up in the lead over at undergroundusa.com. It's about the rights failure to be able to message. This is not just a McCarthy thing, and it's not just a 2023 thing. This has been going on for almost since Reagan. Yeah. Reagan Opening, was the last yeah. was was the last guy who who knew how to actually communicate not only with his rank and file and his party leaders who were elected to office, but with the American people. Today, it's, it's as if being able to message to people is is foreign. Yeah, and, and you know what? And I kind be. of over talked you. Who was that that was so good at messaging to the people? Uh, I, uh, Ronald Reagan. Ronald, okay, thank you. We talk about yeah, the great, the, the the great communicator. Yeah, the worst five words you can hear, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm from the government. I'm here to I'm here to help. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's uh, yeah, I wanted to to mention, you know, when they have the, uh, you know, where the president gets up and makes the the uh, State of the Union, mm-hmm. and it's how. One party is not going to applaud. You know, that was even happening in that late, late, early morning thing that we just witnessed, you know. Uh, and it surprised me that, that the Democrats could sit there, you know, when you'd mentioned something good about uh, for America or something like that. Still no applause. And then yeah. towards the end, maybe in the 20th hour, <laughs> it seemed like yeah. 20 hours. Anyway, uh, all of a sudden you noticed a few of them would start applauding. And uh, and other ones would turn around and look at them like you're not supposed to applaud. They're t- that's a that's a Republican point of view. There, don't do that. It's, uh, More, it's amazing or, or to least, do that. Or at least it's a Republican saying it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, what I, yeah. A, a, a Republican could get up on that dais and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, I have the cure for cancer. 
-hmm. Here is what it is. It's very simple. We can all rest assured that that all of our loved ones that have cancer will be able to survive starting tomorrow because of this, and Democrats would boo because the Republican is talking about it. That's the kind of childish politics that we have in control of government today. And you've heard me say this for as long as we've been talking, Chuck. It's politics isn't government. Government is the execution of service for the people. Politics is the art of getting elected. Yeah. And and these people yeah. these people have allowed that to bleed completely over and through the idea of government mm-hmm. so that politics is the only thing that matters and that means the people are not served. Yeah. Yeah. And the state of the union, you know, it's it that's that's the obvious thing where you see how stubborn they are, you know, won't yeah. applaud, you know. Yeah. Now, will we will we see a continuation of that now that Nancy Pelosi's gone? I I'm afraid we will because Hakeem Jeffries isn't necessarily a moderate. You know, he leans more towards uh the the verbiage of the squad than he did with Joe Manchin over in the Senate. You know, but uh, you, you can always hope. And as far as the factions within the Republican Party are concerned, we've got some work to do. Yeah. Because we don't need a a a right side of the aisle version of the squad manhandling the agenda. If you're not elected to leadership, yes, you can take a, an active and vocal role in trying to get something passed, but you shouldn't hold your party or your side of the aisle hostage. That's exactly what these five people did who were led by Matt Gates. They they held the speakership hostage until all of their demands were met. Last I saw, that's something that bank robbers and terrorists do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and uh, there's that old saying, getting your ducks in a row. I, I love that. <laughs> when, I, when I saw that, I said, gosh, how many times have I said that, you know? Uh, yeah. That's part of, part of my... Uh, uh, email two two two. Those are my ducks in a row. Yeah, those are your ducks in a row. Very <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, Hard no. It's, it, you you think about it. For how many? How long did we hear about red wave happening before before November twenty twenty two? We heard red wave for almost three months. Mm-hmm. That means they had ample amount of time to get all of this stuff dealt with, so that it could be a smooth transition of power into the new speakership. Yet they were too busy politicking to care about how government was going to be run, and yeah. that's that's why you know politics politics over government is never good. Never thought it important enough to lay the groundwork for a case in support or opposition to McCarthy's candidacy for speakership. Um, do your homework, I guess, right? Well, I mean, they had an obligation to make their case clearly. To the American people, so that the Republican Party didn't look like a like a, a circus sideshow, because that's exactly what it looked like. Uh, the Democrats were taking pot shots the entire time. If you were on Twitter at all, Rob Reiner was vomiting all over the place. Some of the most ridiculous stuff that you could ever read, but it was facilitated by the dysfunction of the right. They weren't prepared to go into the to the speaker's election because they didn't as you would say, get their ducks in a row before the election. If this was supposed to be such a giant red wave, why wasn't that done? Shouldn't they have been planning for the future? Or is that something, is that, is that an old adage now that no one does? We don't, we don't look to secure our futures as individuals 
as organizations, and now as what, as a government in the country? Is it almost, uh, Frank, uh, that they're not doing their homework? And could that tie in with uh, when we hear about, you know, <clears throat> getting ready to pass a bill, you know, and it's 40,000 pages or whatever? <laughs> and so, I think the last one, you know, that ominous bill or whatever, wasn't that about like 40,000? Ominous is a good word for that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, and, we, and we and we shouldn't be having those either. No, they don't read the bills, and the, and and their staffers don't read the bills. They read the executive summaries that don't tell the whole mm-hmm. story, and that's why we end up with an executive branch that gets to rule by regulation rather than law that's codified by Congress. Congress doesn't write good law anymore. They write very very generic bills that kicks the authority of, of, of law to the regulatory powers of the executive branch. That, that's why the EPA could change things on a dime should they choose, or the IRS can change things on a dime because they think it's a good idea. That should never be. Congress hasn't been doing their jobs for decades. They, they have been crafting garbage law because it's very, very general, so they can have plausible deniability for the next election cycle. We have a bunch of cowards in Congress, really. The idea of serving the people. <laughs> serving the people. That's, uh, you know, at one time I, I bet they were proud to do that. i got to leave the farm and go up there and serve the people. Yes, Frank Savato, the one and only host of the Underground USA podcast and uh, heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch. His uh, website is undergroundusa.com. Undergroundusa.com will continue in just a moment. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Why do you think they are forgetting all this stuff and uh, uh, how they're refusing to support McCarthy? Is it uh, the messaging isn't right? And then I'll put you on the spot here, Frank. Uh, whose fault is it that they're not uh, getting it? You're, you're losing the art of being a statesman. That's that's where we've we've moved away from. We've got people uh, who run for office who are reliant on the bumper sticker mentality of, of getting elected and they're in a constant campaign mode, especially in the house. I mean, it, it never stops. You've got two year terms. So they are always campaigning always. And with the advent of social media and Twitter, they, they have gotten into the idea that you can actually convey your thoughts and message in 147 characters, which is not the truth. Making your case, bringing your your thoughts to the people is is pretty much it's an art form. 
but that's the political art form. You need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to to tap into people's emotions and thought processes and, and be able to make the light bulbs go off over people's heads when you're talking about a concept. The art of persuasion. That's what was lacking yeah. in, in this whole exercise for the speakership was the art of persuasion. All you heard was a, it was a, a defiant faction of what I believe to be petulant children saying, no, no, no. They even had buttons made. No. I, I mean, how childish is that? Make your case. Make your case. Like a lawyer makes their case to a jury. Explain it. Get them on your side. Explain the details. Now, Bring them through quick, a scenario. Uh, yeah. How hard is that? It's not. Yeah. It, it's just taking the time to do it. Yeah, and talking about taking the time to do it, you know, it was sort of like all he had to say was, uh, and we're going to uh, get rid of those uh, 186 IRS agents or whatever it is, thousands. Uh, but he didn't really put any emphasis on it, but people would that hadn't been paying attention. You know where I'm going on that? It's like... Well, yeah, uh, but, but that's, that's even putting the cart before the horse because that was, those were policy things that had to have a speaker in order to move them forward. Uh-huh. This, this was all about the rules of the chamber, about who, get, who gets to bring things to the floor, ah, okay. about, about whether the speaker can be removed if the speaker is not doing their job. You know, you wonder why Nancy Pelosi was a speaker and nobody challenged her. There was no ability to do it because each chamber, the Senate and the House, every time they convene, gets to make the rules about how the 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 order goes in in their chamber. Hmm. That's that's what these beginning things are. Is okay. Let's make the rules by which we play. So well, the Nancy first thing Pelosi you have had to, to do is go up and kiss Nancy Pelosi. Well, right there, that's, and that would make them back off. She made it so that. <laughs> She made it so you couldn't question her. And if you did, she could make sure that you could never get anything to the floor. Uh-huh. Fair. You know, so, and you can't remove her. Those were the rules. So the, the Republicans who were asking for this, it wasn't a bad thing to ask. If, if you're a speaker and you're, you're selling out your party, or, or you're putting politics so far ahead of government that you're not serving the people, why shouldn't we be able to remove you? We should. But yeah. they didn't explain it to the people. The only thing the media kept harping on is these five people will never vote for McCarthy. Why? You know, the media is just as guilty in this. A good yeah. journalist would have been saying, well, why don't you want them? Well, you do mention one person here. Uh, uh, there's one of them that sticks out, Representative Matt. Rosendale, and yeah, he was saying, Rosendale's in her. yeah, yeah. Repu Republican uh, said that McCarthy lied to members during his pitch, uh, but then he wouldn't really get into it. Was that yeah, just sort okay? Of... He lied. Okay, what did he lie about? Yeah, he what, left he out the rest of gonna... the story. <laughs> did, did he lie that he was going to bring you a Mountain Dew during break? What did he lie about? Yeah. You know, so th this is this is the point, the the overriding point that the right just doesn't do. Explain it to me. Yeah, got a couple of other uh, examples coming up in just a moment. More with Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast and author of six monographs examining political 
and ideological threats facing our country. The website, Underground USA. And we'll continue talking about the GOP, both young and old, fail at messaging. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Uh, do you think that sometimes they're afraid to speak up there, Frank, because uh, it's almost like a tattoo? It's too hard to remove once you've uh, got it out there? Absolutely. When when you are in a in a business, and that's what this has become now, which it was never supposed to be, when you when you're in the business of politics, you need to have plausible deni- plausible deniability and the ability to pivot whenever you need to in order to cover your butt. So to get up there and declare something unequivocally shuts that door to being able to back out of it. And, and that's, what I, that's what I was talking about in the previous segment about we don't have any statesmen. People who believe in the principles that they ran on that brought them to public service, people who believe on the platforms that they ran on, stand by them. We do have a few. You know, we do have a few, but they are in the, in the absolute minority who say, these are, this is what I believe in. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going along to get along just to get something passed. I, I have to stand with my principles. It's not going to happen. So yeah, to your point, are there people who are squeamish about making a declarative statement? Almost all of them, but that's uh, because they, they have a political career. Yeah. That isn't based in public service, but is it is based in self-aggrandization. Yeah, you know, I was somewhere and people started questioning me about uh, why why are these uh, Republicans holding up on McCarthy? You know, I mean, uh, what's going on here? Da 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 da. And then I heard that the majority of those that were against him were the ones that were for term limits, and I automatically, in my little tiny brain. Two words popped up. Frank Savato. <laughs> you and I talked about that a lot, you know, and I and they said that was their main objection is they want term limits. Well, I, I don't I don't know if that's something that, that was integral to what was going on here, because the entire debate was about the rules and, and how the chamber was going to function. They wanted to they wanted to make it easier for a rank and file member to bring a bill to the floor. Instead of having it to uh, had to go through the the labyrinth of of committees and approvals that that it usually goes through, which is fine, 
But, you know, go ahead and give them a path to bring a bill to the floor. If it gets destroyed and, and someone's bills consistently get destroyed, then maybe they get the message that they don't craft good legislation or they need to do some more homework in getting people convinced to their side to move the legislation forward. But this was all about mechanics and all about the rules. Um, just, uh, I am for term limits. I, I, I wasn't before. I absolutely am now because we have devolved from a time when we had an equal amount of statesmen in, in the legislative branch to now it being the rarest animal among them all. So when you have career politicians who see going to Washington as a 20, 30, and sometimes 40-year career, yeah, absolutely we need term limits. It's not supposed to be that. You're supposed to do your duty to your country, for your constituents, and go home. That is the, that is the, the precedent that was set by the very first president of the United States. Yeah, and you know, and we've talked about how uh, so many of them have gotten rich. In fact, you did an article on that one too. Uh, it's 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 just amazing how much money these uh, these people make, and it's uh, and that's why they don't want term limits. It's it's and uh, you know, and, and that's something. As a side note, is very curious. Remember the January sixth committee and the Democrats mm-hmm. were screaming that they wanted Trump's tax returns released. Uh-huh. Screaming because they mm-hmm. they thought for sure there were going to be deposits into his personal bank account from Ukrainian leaders and Russian leaders and Chinese leaders. He lost money when he was in the presidency. That's unheard of. Someone going into federal elected office and coming out poorer for having done a service to the country? That doesn't happen in Congress. And then Nancy Pelosi at, yeah. wasn't a multimillionaire when she got into when she got into Congress. Chuck Schumer wasn't a multimillionaire when he got into the Senate. Joe Biden absolutely wasn't wasn't a wealthy man. Neither was Bernie Sanders. And Mitch but McConnell, Trump, you know, you mentioned, Mitch, yeah, yeah, Mitch McConnell's another one. This, this guy's incredibly wealthy now, and you can't say that some of his votes about how we deal with China didn't help line his pockets. But we needed to see Trump's tax returns. Well, now you see him. It was illegal to see him, but now we see him, and the guy lost money. So where are the apologies? You know, or where are the dec- where are the declarations that they were wrong? Yeah, yeah. You've got like four or five over there on their side that are just like filthy rich. Probably more than that, but I'm just saying that really, you know, involved with the Ukraine, that was the Bidens also. Mm-hmm. And in China, you know, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw the Bidens up there with China as well. Yeah, yeah. The Bidens yeah. really seem to be making out. I don't I don't know who the Obamas <laughs> where their money was coming from. Well, it's you know, when you when you can get out of when you can get out of office and get a a a what seventy six million dollar book deal for something that isn't written yet, you know, that, yeah. that that's a little ridiculous. So Simon and Schuster, what were you thinking? But uh, yeah. You've got you've got a subset of people who have been around, and you know, we're talking about Schumer and Pelosi. You're looking at people who were there for over 35 years, who who have become so wealthy in the service to their nation that they're World Economic Forum wealthy. 
they're not just millionaires that can go and, and you know, just I, I can now afford the membership to the club and I'm going to drive a Mercedes and I can even have a private plane if I want to. They are G6 World Economic Forum wealthy, which is hundreds of millions, you know, times two, times three, times five, getting into the billions. You know, and another that, one, yeah. Go ahead, finish your that that can't that can't be on on a salary that's six figures mm-hmm. and for for the media for the the ethics watchdogs for the American people to just buy that that's just something that's normal <laughs> we're delusional and another one that really really jumps out at you is uh you know the Clintons mm-hmm. and I had a story last week here now that, uh, and I'm sure you know this because you're on the top of everything, is a two-time failed president candidate and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton will now become a faculty member of Columbia University, and I think it's going to be taking place next month if it's not doing it this month. Uh, but anyway, uh, yep, she's going she's gonna to be there, and they're talking about, uh, what is it, uh, let me see here. The, uh, I guess the head man there said, her public service has expanded, most notably in her remarkable successful tenure as a United States Senator for the state of New York, her impressive role as Secretary of State, and her two historic and record-breaking presidential campaigns. Were they record-breaking or were they vote-breaking? I don't know how losing is something that you celebrate. Number one, her yeah. tenure as, as Secretary of State culminated in a failed Russian reset that left them stronger, and Benghazi. Yeah. So I, I don't know what this guy's smoking, but well, it's it's legal a, yeah. in several states. See, uh, and I'm very... Yeah, the university president, Lee Bollinger, okay, just so you know... Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, I'm curious as to whether I would like to see your time card after the first year. Yeah. To see if this is actually a no-show job or not. Well, because because we... in the in the in the private sector, if you if you if you engage in in faking, you know, faking payrolls with ghost jobs and no-show jobs, that, that's the thing. That's the thing of the Cosa Nostra. That's the yeah. thing of a corrupt union official. So I would like to see Hillary Clinton's timesheet after the first year. Is she there every day? Is she in her office? Is she talking to students? Is she grading papers? Is she yeah. lecturing? Or is she just too busy with the Clinton Foundation and stops in a once every quarter oh, yeah. just to be yeah. able to say that she shows up for a paycheck? Boy, I remember uh, whenever they were still in office in the Clinton Foundation, how that mm-hmm. money was rolling in, my goodness, and then selling uranium. But, you know, he went on there, the uh, uni- university president. Given her extraordinary talents, and it, when I read this, I'm thinking, boy, it sounds like they're getting ready to have an affair, you know. this. You know, <laughs> I'll show you, Bill. Anyway, uh, <laughs> given her extraordinary talents and capabilities together, with her singular life experiences, that means Bill wasn't there, Hillary Clinton is unique and most importantly exceptional in what she can bring to the university's mission of research hmm, and teaching, along with public service and engagement for the public good. So it's great delight and pride that I make this announcement, that uh, she'll be bringing her 
capacities, experience, and wisdom to this institution. So, well, I guess parents, the, the, <laughs> guess they're, they're starting a, a new degree in community organizing because that's the only thing she was ever good in. You know, Columbia University, right? Well, yeah. remember, Colum- Columbia University is on the cutting edge of the destruction of the United States. They're, they're the ones that it, their journalism school is the one that said, you know what? Who, what, when, why, where, and, and sometimes how? That's so antiquated. We need to have opinion journalism. Yeah. You should be injecting your opinion into news pieces so that people are moved to see it your way. And then they move to, well, opinion, that's not really the full measure of what we're trying to do here. Activism journalism is, journalism is the way to go. So going, the reason yeah. the reason that we've got we've got just garbage mainstream media now has a lot to do with the journalism school at Columbia University. So I guess birds of a feather. If you want to destroy the United States, you're welcomed over at Columbia University. Now then, let me throw a really big surprise on you. Are you ready for this big surprise <laughs> of the year? Uh, I was a teacher at Columbia. I, I hope that you do penance every week. Well, it was the Columbia School of Radio and TV Bro, in Hollywood. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Different Columbia altogether. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Teaching those those wannabe radio people. Yes, it was very interesting. And I am almost absolutely certain that you provided a better education than the indoctrination that's happening at Columbia University for a lot less. Yes, for a lot less. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Less was a, <laughs> was a big word. Yes, okay. Uh, I'm telling you, politics, politics. Uh, do you think it's going to be, let's say on percentage, once everything's going on here in, a, in another eight months, is it going to be 100% better than it is now, or is it going to be only 60% better? I, 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 you're, I think you're being very, very... Generous Very on generous on that. <laughs> I I don't we remember we didn't win the Senate. We didn't win the Senate. The only thing that the House has ed, uniquely in their control is the purse strings. So if McCarthy wants to come hard down hard on the purse strings, he can do that. There are procedures that the Democrats can use to throw wrenches into that. The executive branch hasn't been listening to the legislative branch for the entirety of the Obama and Biden administration. So they're going to do whatever they want to do anyway. You know, if we would have taken the Senate, we could have neutered the executive branch pretty hard. That's why it was so important to have won the Senate. And and that's why you see some people behind the scenes in the Senate and the Republican side trying so hard to flip Joe Manchin. Because now with uh, with Kristen Sinema being an independent and if you can flip Mansion, now all of a sudden you've got you've got this gray area in the middle where where you can maneuver a little bit, but that's still not going to be easy. So I don't I see in the next two years a slowing of what was happening because it can't be full speed ahead when you don't have the house. But I don't really see the ship turning in the other direction at all. So can't, he can't I, get rid of the IRS army then, right? They can they can defund it. Defund it. They can okay, defund here's it. The and other that's, thing. What, that, that's what he must do. If he doesn't do that, then he's got a failed speakership right out of the box. Yeah. 
Here's the other thing. They have hours and hours and hours of tapes that they will not release on from the January 6th incursion. You know, the Pearl Harbor thing there? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it's going to be possible that we're going to see all that? Or did, oh, my goodness, there was a fire in that, uh, and it all burned up? It's a question I've been asking about the authority of the of the person who runs the National Archives. Uh-huh. They're, they're supposed to be... I won't say subservient, but they're supposed to serve Congress as this this vault, this this depository of things. They're not supposed to tell you whether you can see something or not. They shouldn't have that authority. Yeah. And I'm I've never been a fan of sealing records to catastrophic events. I thought the sealing of the records for the Kennedy assassination was wrong. Mm-hmm. We're a free country. You don't hide that information from the people. I, I what don't else think, they hid, by the way, was all the UFO information they had. All you know, and and that can either that can either explode explode that issue one way or the other. You know, it leaves when you seal something, it leaves uncertainty that that yeah. just throws gasoline on the fire of conspiracy theory. All right, we're going to take that break. I want you to hold that thought because uh, I know you're on a roll, so don't lose it. Okay, <laughs> Frank Savato, yes. UndergroundUSA.com www.UndergroundUSA.com We'll be right back. My mother was always very active and independent and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. I spent a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. And in 09, it was sparks from me, your chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Talking about uh, what can we find out from these people in Congress and politics and what are they hiding from us and uh go ahead frank well i the the overall point of of the current piece is that we live in an age when our political class doesn't know how to message uh especially from the right side of the aisle the left understands how to foment fear and that's how they usually motivate their base to the polls we saw it in 2022 orange man bad you know, you, you elect Donald Trump and we're going to lose the country and they're going to take away your rights to do this. And in the midterms, we saw, well, Roe v. Wade, they're, they're outlawing abortion everywhere and you'll never be able to, you know, women's health is under attack. They fear monger very well. And that's yeah. how they message from the left and they motivate their base. We can't do that on the right because you sound like a parrot. What we need to do is have that, that hopeful messaging that is that's got some substance to it that explains to the public why we think the way we do why we want to do what we want to do how we're going to do it and why we need their help to do it 
go back. You know, we had one woman from the right who's supposed to be this this inside the beltway wonk that's on everybody's staffs and this, that, and the other. He said, we have to move away from Reagan. That was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. If anything, we have to get back to Reagan because he had a hopeful mm-hmm. messaging strategy that uplifted people from both sides of the aisle as he was explaining why it's important to do what we need to do. We need to get back to that kind of messaging. When we do that, we can move forward and get away from this bizarre, this bizarre extreme stalemate that we're in, where you've got the far left and the far right just screaming no at each other, and eighty and and sixty percent of the people in the middle going, "I'm just tired of it." Yeah, like they're not very you know, nice. They're just angry, angry. Absolutely. That's what it is. If I can keep you angry and divided, then we can keep the status quo. And guess what? The people that became the multimillionaires because they went into public service can keep filling their pockets. You want to end that stuff? Let's move forward. Let's ostracize the the zealots on both polar opposite ends of this and start cultivating statesmen who can actually come to office to do what the framers and the founders intended for our republic, which was to bring all different viewpoints into the center to see what we have in common and agree on that and move forward incrementally as a cohesive nation, rather than two sides needing to find common ground so that we can just make sure we can pay for the government to keep taking from our pockets as the government doesn't get shut down. I wish the government would get shut down. They can't do any more harm if they're not working. Yeah, I'm, right now I think I'm worried about the IRS, the CIA, and the FBI. You know that. Uh, yeah. Too far, too far, on the left. Any of oh. the alphabet agencies. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> but not CRN. Okay, got it. That's one of the three letters. Hey, Frank. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Frank is usually here every Monday unless this host takes a vacation or a day off or something like that. And I absolutely uh, enjoy each and every minute of it, Frank. Uh, Appreciate it very much. As do I, Chuck. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, undergroundusa.com. Thank you, Sway. Thank you for listening. And God bless the United States of America. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a comment, or rate it if your platform lets you, and be sure to sign up for our Substack over at undergroundusa.com. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.